Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, festive, Mr. Donaldson. Pete, how are you doing? What's going down? <laughs> I'm like uh, the Christmas level on the Amiga <laughs> video game, Robocod, if anyone remembers that. I hope you back remembers in the day, that. Cracking little, cracking little platformer, uh, reminiscent of the video game, I guess, Azul or Sonic the Hedgehog, but it was a, a fish that was also a robot that could extend its body um, stories high uh, and, and, and attach himself to ceilings and collect uh, sweets. It was really good, Chris. It really was a lot of fun. <laughs> Robocod. Was that a, a Japanese video game creation? No. The Gremlin Interactive. I think it was British. It oh, was wow. very, very British. The, the, it was the sequel to James Pond. James Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yes, I, I wish I was. It. I wish I was born a decade earlier. It sounds like video games <laughs> were so much better then. Um, yeah, I've got this, Pete. What do you think of this? So I'm holding a bowl of Whoa. seafood. This is my dinner. Chris has turned up with a tiny little ball of delicately created seafood. But wait, if I look a little closer. This is all fake food oh. that you sort of think you'd see outside a restaurant. I was hoping you weren't going to uh. notice. I noticed. I uh, uh. just splashed out on like a staggering amount of fake food for the ramen shop. And this is one of them. This is a right. seafood bowl. We've got tuna. We've got salmon eggs. We've got scallops from about like a one meter distance. It actually does look like real seafood. It's quite so impressive. Good. It's really cool. They're expensive, those things, aren't they? I don't tell you how much it cost, but it's in the lots of money zone. Um, but it's I, in the lots of money zone. I wanted yeah. some props. I wanted some food props because uh, I don't think we're going to be cooking real ramen here in the shop just yet anyway. But uh, I did also get a fake bowl of ramen. I'll show you that next time. But that's massive and that's really impressive as well. But yeah, it's, it's really good. I love these little... Do you know what these are called in Japanese? These are called shokuhin uh, sampuru, like food sample. Shok- uh, Is it Shokuhin or Shokuhin? God. Shokuhin, Shokuhin. Look at me trying to be clever Either with my Japanese way. knowledge, and I don't even know the words. No, it doesn't matter, mate. You've, you've got them now. You'll never need to ask for them again because you've That's already right. bought some. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect dieting mechanism for January. Just be surrounded <laughs> with that food and just and just, like look at that food and then eat some really boring rice or something. <laughs> just stuff myself with plastic. Fantastic. Plastic food, yeah. 
And we are in the first week of Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. I am three videos into the 12 days of Chris Broadmus. Yeah. Um, it's been going all right. I did a video on 47 prefectures in Japan. Literally like one thing to do in each of Japan's 47 prefectures. And I just did a video mm-hmm. on uh, the documentary Cat, Cat Nation. Nation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kind of I was in two minds whether to do that or not. I felt a bit bad. I didn't want to be rude or impolite to the director um producer tim but i think i was nice to him i think the main criticism i leveled at cat nation the documentary was my own presentation and my own lack of enthusiasm for cats so chris I, uh, I, d- I don't think i think the producer director uh, writer creator i think he knows what he's created there and i i think even if you asked him he would be like look it's it's not my favorite bit of work but it's nice to hang out with chris Brown." <laughs> I think you're probably right there, Pete, yeah. I mean, and, and to be fair, the, I think my little video ranting about it has probably thrown a lot of traffic in his direction. So it's probably yeah, just like, benefited it off it anyway. Like, like so. cat litter. Exactly. <laughs> like cat litter into a bin. <laughs> what an analogy. Gross. And I've just spent the whole yeah. day editing a video about my most awkward and most bestest encounters with viewers Central. in real life, in the oh. world. Not sexual. I didn't even okay. know you were going to say viewers then. And I said sexual. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Most awkward. Oh, wow. I mean, I mean, technically, uh, the very the very foundations of this very podcast have, have its uh, beginnings in me being a viewer. Uh, uh, so true. in many ways, I should have been on that list. So if you don't put me in at the end, <laughs> I'm going to be fuming. <laughs> the second to worst encounter I've ever had with a viewer. <laughs> Next to Nansky. <laughs> yeah oh man i uh it's a shame actually i did like five stories and they're all kind of cool but then because i need to get the video out quickly and i rushed it i've just cut it down to like two stories or three stories so mm. it's progressively look, just you've got getting to look after shorter. number one you 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 wrote on twitter i'm gonna do 12 because because on the um wrestling uh, show that i do you know mm, the conceit mm. is uh a guy called mark who i know very well very very funny guy uh, comedy writer he knows loads about wrestling like so much about wrestling um but he's clever with it he's cultured with it he understands uh why it's silly he understands why wrestling is a bit weird and strange to a lot of people mm. uh, but he's just wonderful explaining it and so the conceit is we go we sat down and we watch uh, we watched every single wrestlemania um from number one to now times so from the 1980s to <laughs> That's now we've finished that journey and now we've moved on to other stuff um and so every christmas we do something called WrestleMemus, and we do the 12 days of WrestleMania. So, so every two days, we'll release uh, a little podcast about a, a legendary match, a legendary uh, situation, um, uh, match style, uh, tournament, whatever we'll, we'll, we'll do a special one. And, it is, and we've done it for three years running, and mm. it is, uh, it's really hard work. And we only have to do the audio bit. I've just got to watch a bit of wrestling. I've got to watch Ravishing Rick Rude beat up a jobber. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then I just talk about it on on the podcast for a little while. You have to you. edit, film, all that business. You, you've set yourself Up quite to the task, Chris. And I know you're not going on for Christmas, but <laughs> still. Oh, it is a bit suicidal. I wish, sometimes I wish I could, 12 days of podcast would have been a lot more pleasant. <laughs> but uh, it's fun, you know, just create, like creatively challenging yourself. And I've been able to put the green mm. screen to good use in the corner and have fun with the set. So I've, it's been tough, but I've enjoyed it good. so far. And, you know, your legs. I'm a quarter of the way through now. And uh, it's it's making December more fun for it. But certainly... Mm. I think as the videos go on, they're going to get progressively worse and progressively simpler <laughs> until it's just a shot of me sitting in the chair for five minutes going, oh, Christmas, I hate Christmas. 
I've said it again. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You work too hard on your videos visually. Just get your, get yourself into a Seven Eleven, get one of those little eggs in a packet, and go. Look, it's an individual egg in a packet. I bet you don't have one of those where you are. Oh, look, a little, a little, a big long what's it in a individual packet that you see at Halloween. Oh, don't get this at home, do you? My boy. All of that business. They're good. They yeah. are. Get them I'll, out. I'll get, get on it. Out. I'll get on it. I'll put that on my emergency backup <laughs> desperation list when I burn myself out from my current list. Yeah. Uh, we've got a story this week from Roderick in British Columbia in Canada. And he says, hello, Chris and Pete. Surprising number of years ago now, my wife and I were on our honeymoon in the town of Murayama in Yamagata. I know Murayama. I was nearly placed there as an ALT. And then they told me they'd got it wrong. And I was 100 miles east in Sakata. And <laughs> things would have been very different if I'd ended up there. It's a nice place, but a bit landlocked and uh, not as nice as Sakto, in my view. I've mm. just been really mean to the town of Murayama, but it's just the way I roll. <laughs> we chose that town on the theory that anywhere in Japan outside the major cities would be new and interesting to us. So he picked a place randomly. Oh, bloody hell. I thought you had like a friend there or something. That is pretty wild. Mm. We stayed at an Airbnb slash farm that turned out to have a small outbuilding with a mattress rather than a real room. But it was a cheerful place, and the owners were friendly. There was going to be a dance festival and parade the week we were there, so we looked forward to watching that. It turned out someone related to the farm worked at a company that had a float in the parade, but they didn't have enough people to pull the giant thing down the street, so we got press-ganged into the team. We were issued regulation vests, medallions, and cloth work cloth work gloves and tasked with yanking a giant stage on wheels around the town including the band of a dozen drummers and one guy who made very enthusiastic yelps at appropriate times <laughs> sounds like <laughs> pete donaldson the stage was followed by a vigorous troupe of dancers who must have practiced all year because even though they were office ladies and salary men by day their moves were on point there were numerous other similar troops in the parade, including one group of middle school students on a field trip from Canada. They were bringing shame to the whole country, though, by shuffling <laughs> weekly through a poorly prepared routine and generally slouching unhappily along like only teenagers can. We tried to pull a little harder and smiled to make up for them a bit. After what turned out to be a long and very sweaty evening of hard labour, we got to share bowls of noodle soup at the end, which I promptly dropped on the ground in a fit of butter-fingered failure. Thankfully, they gave me another one because it was very late and there hadn't been time for dinner. Have you had a chance to participate <laughs> in any festivals or events just by being in the wrong place at the right time? Cheers, guys. Roderick from British Columbia, Canada. That's a nice story, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, Festival. it's lovely. I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain like a few people that I know, uh, their mates have been kind of press-ganged in all of these things. It seems that like carrying <laughs> those big kind of floats down the road, carrying those big kind of, um, you know, those festival, I don't know what they call them, they're big kind of displays, aren't they? They're like They're like, um, they're like uh, kind of floats in a, in a big parade, but you've got to carry them yourself effectively. Big it float. just seems that no one's got enough people who's fit enough to, gra- to drag these things down the blooming road. So loads of people do actually get press ganged into mm-hmm. uh, pulling them down the road. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've done it once. I was doing like a promo video for Iwate for some crappy thing government thing the video was never mm. seen anywhere thank god but i i you know they were having this big festival in awate in morioka city and uh and they just they were like we want to get some shots of you in the parade chris looking like you're one of the team so they like awkwardly yeah. just placed me with this group of people uh like a group of 20 people who looked like they were ex yakuza or something and i had to sort of dance along and hold the float 
And I just felt really awkward because no one wanted to talk to me because I was a scary foreigner <laughs> who just turned up. No one spoke to me and it was really unpleasant. And then about a tenth of the way through the parade, the, the film team were like, okay, Chris, you're done. And they just pulled me out. So everyone had to sort of make up for me not being there and the, the weight of not the really flight. Not working very hard. Not really burden. the spirit, is it really? I look forward it to wasn't. seeing that on uh, Netflix's Parade Nation in the future. <laughs> Japan Parade Nation. There are some pretty trippy <laughs> parades in Japan, though. I mean, everyone always quotes mm. the, the, the old penis festival, the phallic yeah. festival, but there are some really that's trippy ones. Where people, it's, it's, I mean, it's, that's a Pete Donaldson <laughs> video in the making, isn't it? I know you'd want to go and see that, but Creed individual. But like, there's, there's some pretty cool parades. Like, one of them, they just like, build a float and then burn it down. Another one, they just chase people around like a town square. There's some really messed up <laughs> festivals. Another one, you have to yeah. just, you, you strip down to just your underwear and run through the snow in Hokkaido in minus 20 degrees Celsius. <laughs> and in preparation, Brilliant. you have to like down a bottle of sake first to sort of fire you up and make you drunk right. enough to not well, sort of deal with the pain. Warm sake or uh, cold sake? Because warm sake would probably help. I'd rub it on my body. I think it's like warm sake. You put it in a glass and yeah, down it. Hard to, I won't be hard doing to that. absolutely slam that down. It's like, uh, could you drink like two or three cups of coffee like in a row? It's really difficult. Do what? I mean, <laughs> the, the warm sake is not too bad. It's it's not like hot mm. mouth burning sake, is it? That's kind. Of, <laughs> but like, oh man, I haven't had that. I haven't had my uh, my first hot sake of the year. That's kind. It's called. Atsui. Atsukan. Hot being like Atsui, right? Atsukan. Yeah. I miss that. I need to get some. I need to get hold of some. It's slightly more positive news. I uh, Next week, I'm going to try the rarest Wagyu beef in all of Japan. Oh. Now, do you know what it is? Right. What is it, Pete? What the rarest. The rarest. I the rarest. I mean, what, as in like the the least cooked? Are you just going to go to the side no, of the no, 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 no. chomp? No, right, okay. The, rare. the the most oh, special, the most magical beef special ever made. Magical, by beef. God. I don't know. Probably one that lives in a cave. I don't know. One that's one cave that's cow. cow. I don't know. Hokkaido cave, cave cow. cow. <laughs> yeah, the Hokkaido cave cow. You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's basically um, olive wagyu. Have you heard of this olive wagyu? How? What do you just feed the cows olives? Basically, yes. In a nutshell, they feed <laughs> they feed the cows olives, and it makes their body more oily and olive great. oily, olive oily, isn't it? Great in a salad, you'd imagine. Wow, that's something. <laughs> I that's that just sounds horrific. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not like it's not. It's not going to be that bad. But it's uh, it's extremely expensive. I think it's like five hundred dollars for a piece of mm. this stuff. I'm not paying. Uh, my friend is paying. Actually, no, sorry, it's $240 for an olive wagyu ribeye steak. It's pretty pricey, isn't it? Mm. And they it, come. It is. <laughs> and they come from, awkwardly ended there. They, they come from the prefecture of Kagawa in Shikoku, home to the worst hotel right. in all of Japan, which uh, Connor and I visited. Kagawa's nice, though. It does have some good things. It does have uh, Naoshima, Art Island. But there's an island, right, called Shodo Chodoshima. And uh, mm. it's just off the coast of Kagawa. It's a little, it's a very remote island, but it's here on this magical island that the beef, the cows are fed olives and uh, they've won loads of awards. They're supposed to be really tender. It's supposed to be the juiciest wagyu in the history of ever. And I'm going to eat it and I'm going to be in a video. Not on a broad Japan <laughs> for my friend's channel. Eat in the video. Do the uh, olives, are the olives pitted? 
before they're fed to the cows, or do the cows <laughs> just eat them with the stones and poop out the stones? That's what I want to know. That'll be the first question I ask the cattle breeder. Yep, first and question, restaurateur. please. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't made a, a wagyu video in a while, and again, to be fair, it's on my friend's channel. Um, mm. I, but like, I haven't done a wagyu video in a while, and I, f- yeah. I haven't had wagyu much this year at all. What's what's going on? What's wrong oh, with me? Your wagyu levels are so low right now. All right. How many olives have you had? Is there a big culture of olives in Japan? Do you see them out and about? They are. They, they are. Umbalol? They're pretty popular, to be fair. Like a lot of restaurants, they serve right. them. So they're pretty popular. They're yeah. pretty popular. Oh, and uh, the cows eat most of them. But I'll give you the full review <laughs> next week on Olive Wagyu. Sure, it's going to be great. We'll Looking be back with your stories and questions in just a moment, ago. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Nice. Now we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Dawson? We got a message from Scott in Orlando, Florida, USA. Hello, Casa Beats. What I've noticed is that a great proportion of ramen shops in Japan are owned and operated by older Japanese couples. If there are not enough younger people to take over, what do you think will happen to all those ramen shops and all of the knowledge they possess? Scott, mm. he wants to know where all the body of ramen knowledge is going once the... Uh, these people slip off the hob and into the fire. <laughs> That's a really good point, actually. I think, uh, I mean, I for the most part, I find most Japanese businesses, they do have like a successor. They've got like a son or a daughter who's going to take over. But in the case where they don't, it's very often for the business to just shut, and that's the end of it, sadly. So right. difficult to say, to be honest. I think out in the countryside... Uh, where there's less work opportunities, but people have like a stronger sense of tradition. I think they're more likely to 
uh, sort of run, keep running the restaurant. I think the uh, mm. younger generations are likely to keep them going. But I think that's a, yeah, a really sad point to be honest. Like uh, mm. the best, all the best ramen shops I've been to are in the countryside. They're in Yamagata generally or Fukushima, and uh, they're very rural and amazing. And just, oh, just, I haven't had ramen in a while either. I think my cholesterol must be good. No what wagyu, no ramen. What's happened, Pete? Chicken. How's it got like this? Chicken. I have had chicken. There's a shortage of chicken as well. You have had chicken. All right, fine. But there is an actual shortage. I saw you on Charlotte's channel eating a big chicken burger. So don't even try and pretend that you ain't been eating chicken (laughs) because I've been watching you on other friends' channels. Thank you. (laughs) Exactly. uh, My my, my cholesterol days are still not behind me, unfortunately. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, I think, think, don't worry. I think the ramen shops will stick around a bit longer. But uh, yeah, I I think... Mm. I think there's a general trend where ramen's becoming less popular just because it's pretty damn unhealthy. And uh, Japan famously has, I think it's got above average stomach cancer rates. And they often say that is because of ramen, because of the incredibly salty broth. Whether that's true or not, I'm not sure. Whether that's sort of a, a myth or not, we'll have to dig a little bit deeper. We've got one here from Chris. Good name. He says, hello, Chris and Pete. PTD equals EPED. Sunny D. I live in the wonderful... Yeah. Sunny D still a thing? Do you remember Sunny D? Signed you occasionally see it in certain supermarkets, but yeah, it's not... You don't see people, bright yellow children, uh, running <laughs> around. Remember when I that, re- I in, remember. in the UK, there was, oh. that, there was that big thing where that, dra- that kid had drank so much Sunny D, he went yellow. <laughs> that killed the brand so damn fast. It did. I, oh my god, Sunny yeah. D was massive, and I was like eight or nine. Mm. Everyone was drinking it, and then that kid went yellow. Probably good reason <laughs> to stop drinking it. Uh, yeah. Hi, Chris and Pete. I live in the wonderful country of Korea, but Korea isn't a place where it's very normal and natural to go to a bar and strike up a conversation with other people. How is it in Japan when it comes to talking to strangers at bars? If I were to want to meet people when I eventually travel to Japan, where do you suggest that I go? Chris from Korea. I mean, I, I do think there's a culture in Japan, a bar where there's like a counter. It's a lot easier to talk to people. And after people have had a drink here, they're, you know, people are really friendly and nice. It's just if they haven't mm. had a drink, they are quite shy generally. And it is more difficult often to strike up a conversation. Or if you do have a conversation, it often goes with the same sort of questions. Like, why are you here? Right. Why do you like Japan? When are you going home? <laughs> like, there's, you know, the same sort of is conversation, it- sadly. So you're basically saying that the Koreans don't aren't massive pissheads like the Brits and the Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I went when I was in Korea. People were pretty good there, I think. But uh, yeah, I did. I had a good time. I've, I've, uh, I remember hanging out with a chef, a young chef for a, a chef. bit when my mate went home. We had a we had a couple of cocktails and had a lovely time with oh. uh, yeah, just just hang out with a chef for a bit, and he was lovely. And, and <laughs> how, how and did you meet I went the chef? Home and I was like. It was just at the bar, just chatting. It's just, it's just a random chef who lives in Ite one. We just had a lovely time. And, um, the, a yeah, bromance. In bed. It's like a lost in translation, bromance. isn't it? Lost in translation yeah. in Korea. Pete Donaldson, the chef. Korean chef, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was tiny, bless him. Did yeah. you get any photos? <laughs> get a photo <laughs> oh, with this I man. I didn't get any photos <laughs> of me and this, oh, this magnitude man. It sounds like a great story. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> We've got a story. <laughs> I've not noticed that in Korea. I've not noticed that. And I remember in uh, Jeju, we spent all night um, drinking in this bar, like a Hawaiian bar on the, on the island of Jeju, mm. uh, 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 Craig. 
played darts and like got on like a house on fire with everyone in the uh, all the locals in this bar, and um and then we just left without paying and we forgot that oh, we shit. hadn't been paying through the night, and then we came back the next night for some for more darts and good times. Oh, and the entirety of the people in the bar were like, "You didn't pay last night." <laughs> I ran down the oh, street. Oh my and you god! Didn't pay. That was. They must have thought we were just nightmare people. These British hoodlums so came over. They trashed the bar. Yeah. They didn't pay. Did they kind of forgive you, or was it just like really awkward the next day? I think they were very. They, I was insistent that I paid for every round uh, when I when I ordered it. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I was embarrassed. They were embarrassed. Jesus. We didn't stay for very long after that. It's just one of those things that they would have been brewing on that. We had a lovely time. They would have been brewing on that all night. Why did those like lads who were ostensibly nice? Why did they? steal from us <laughs> it's horrible <laughs> pete donaldson the thief uh, yeah exposed once and for all ladies and gentlemen pete donaldson gentleman thief thieving the people of jeju <laughs> island in south korea uh we've got a story here from andrea from italy over to you pete this is your one repent hello uh, hello andrea from uh, italy hello majestic ruler of the british isles pete and hi chris chris of the christophers my name is andrea and i'm from the italian riviera beautiful one thing that uh, shot me in Japan was the everyday diet of the average Japanese person I was spending my time with. My image of the uh, Japanese diet is one of the healthiest in the world and supposedly one of the secrets of their long life. But actually, most of the younger generation seem to just eat instant or processed food, bento and fried food. Uh, how do you guys feel about today's people's uh, diet? Um, is Japan fifty years in 50 years uh, still going to be the place of cent- uh, centenaries? Centenaries. Centenaries? Centenarians. Centenaries. Am I saying that right? Hundred-year-old-ians. Uh, or, or it's going to uh, turn into the land of fried chicken and Chris will be elected king. Definitely the latter. Thanks, guys. Uh, and keep up the great work, Andrew from Italy. We do have this idea that, that people are just eating sushi all the time, don't we, in, <laughs> in, in the West? And then you go there and it's people true. are just eating pot noodles. <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, people, particularly in the cities, are far less healthy than people overseas realise. You know, you've got ramen, mm. sushi is not as healthy as people think it is. Uh, cup noodles, deadly as hell. I'd say, and also we've got a really big change going on in Japan at the moment where people are moving away from rice and moving towards eating like uh, bread. Bread has become a lot more mm. popular in the last sort of decade or two. And mm. I, for what I understand, people in Japan can't process bread overly well compared to rice just because 20, 30,000 years of divergent evolution has led mm. japanese people to process rice better but uh yeah i don't i honestly think um obesity rates are creeping up slightly i think but uh for the most part people in japan are pretty good at getting exercise people walk a lot to work they cycle i'd say they're a lot more outdoorsy than we are in the uk but i don't know i feel like just japanese people have magic cheat codes in their dna that just keep them thin because i really don't know many people here that are overweight and that's always the most jarring thing when i come back to the uk i come out the airport everyone is like overweight and it's like mm. well i'm home now you're overweight i'm, I'm overweight. overweight i can smell overweight. the gregs i can smell the greg sausage rolls <laughs> lingering in the air you can see why very quickly yeah. but uh yeah it's one of the most jarring things i think the, the difference in size would yeah. if you opened a greg's um franchise in japan it mm. would be Gregzu. Goregazu. Goregazu? Goregu. Goregu. Yeah, probably a bit Goregu. Goregzu. You need an S on the end, though, surely. Goregzu. Probably a zoo. Goregzu. 
Gregs. Gregs. Nice. I like that. I'd love to see that in like Japanese katakana or something. Gregs. Yeah. Gregs ni tabi ni ikimashou. Gregs de. Let's get it done. Let's bring Gregs to Japan. I'll, I'll start the first branch. It would be interesting to see how it would do actually because like bakeries are pretty popular here. But uh, mm. I, I don't know. French bakeries that is though. I, I don't know. British baked things aren't really viewed overly well here they see british food as like just just shit and well of course yeah, we have, I mean, we have I mean, great uh, things we've got a steak pie yeah <laughs> i've got a steak pie but i but i always and americans always like us are they because they're kind of used to the heaviness of it i think but i do because you know from the northeast there's more mcdonald's mm, in the mm. north sorry there's more greg's in the northeast and mcdonald's uh and it's i find their menu slightly limiting if you don't want a cheese and onion pasty or a steak bake because everything else is just there's just a bit too much pastry and not enough filling for right me. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and the sandwiches a bit too much bread and not enough filling i i think greg's is a little overrated uh, for how excited Ooh, people get uh, in you get some hate for that going to get some hate for that <laughs> I, I think i mean i like greg's but i know what you mean like i come out there eat the food and i feel incredibly greasy eating anything in Greg's. It's just lots of pastry and it's a very messy affair. But I do feel very hungry now and I hate you because it's a strong reminder that I'm not coming home for Christmas. God damn it. It's going to be sitting here making a video. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in the next few days, guys, do it over again. But for now, keep on having a great start to the Christmas season. We'll see you in the next few days. Do it all over again here on the Abroad Japan Podcast. Bye for now. Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.